Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes, and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, make predictions for the upcoming games, and much, much more. What's up, everybody? It's Wes. We have reached that time of year. It is uh, cold outside. It's going to get much colder here very soon. Um, if you've looked at the forecast pretty much across the country, um, I've already taken the kids to look at Christmas lights. Uh, my daughter is loving the chance to make hot chocolate for everyone here lately. Football's been on and it's about to be on with much more frequency as bowl season is upon us. And we will preview each and every SEC bowl game in full, except for Florida, who's already played in well. Anyway, um, Jesse, Play, well, your plate's a very strong word there, Wes. <laughs> Jesse, welcome. It's great to see you. Um, are you ready for Christmas? Um, I am. I am a little apprehensive about the uh, the sugar bowl, and I'm hoping that uh, the juju has changed and that we fare a little better than we have in years past. I hear you, uh, Matt. How are you, my friend? Uh, have you been good this year? I uh... <laughs> absolutely not. You know, that's there's no way that I've, I'm getting anything good for Christmas. It will be nothing but coal at the Fortson household, um, because if anything, my Heisman rant last last time we recorded definitely got me on the naughty list. So yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Well, uh, we will get into the bowl game previews very soon. Uh, but first, uh, let's talk about uh, some news. And a dedication, as uh, as most of you know, uh, Coach Mike Leach passed away Monday night, uh, December 12th, after complications to a heart condition. Uh, the memorial service was actually today, as we record, um, at 2 o'clock at Humphrey Coliseum on campus at Mississippi State. Um, he was one of our absolute favorite personalities to discuss, and we dedicate this bowl preview episode to him. I think that's only appropriate, so... Um, I know we didn't know uh, Mike Leach personally, but uh, I don't know any other coach outside of the SEC that we followed uh, quite like him uh, before we got before he got to Mississippi State. Um, I don't know any other coach who we celebrated with the same excitement uh, being hired into the SEC. Um, and if you guys recall, we uh, we played the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean theme uh, that, that episode for that announcement. Uh, and he, tr he truly reminded us that though the game is to be taken seriously, and he certainly did. Uh, it's also possible to have fun at the same time and maybe even have a laugh or two uh, in the process. So uh, in that spirit, uh, I think we uh, are going to do a uh, montage here of Mike Leach uh, discussing hypothetical, uh, a hypothetical Pac-12 mascot battle royale, uh, Bigfoot, aliens, uh, Halloween candy, and his very strong feelings on weddings. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Or unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. The ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? 
did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that Ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And, you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Kugel find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is because we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. Aliens, I suspect there is, and I don't know that they're... Um, they're little green men, and I don't know that they're specifically um, in our galaxy. Why wouldn't God build other Earths and other places? Why only this one, you know? And even if you're an evolution guy and lightning striking mud and, you know, popping in, I mean, I, I, I mean, and then, well, they say, well, the notion of God is far-fetched. Oh, really? Striking mud and then life, you know, sparking out of there, and then it going like that? Well, I mean, well, that's just such an obvious, easy path to follow. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your I favorite Halloween? Candy game? corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but the... Uh, um, the uh, you know they have those nerds clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks, coach. All right, thank you. I know you have strong thoughts on weddings. Um, I'm in the middle of planning one right now. Do you have you any are? advice for me? Who yeah. are you marrying? His name is Trevor. Okay. Yeah. Well. I'll have to you set up a meeting and I'll talk to him. Um, okay, so uh, where's Trevor from? He's from Florida. What does Trevor do for a living? He works in sports as well, covers football. He does what? He covers football as well. Really? Well, I don't know. We'll keep a close eye on it, but whatever you and Trevor decide, I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. Uh, so go ahead and uh, uh, don't don't say anything else about it. But as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope, because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over, and then you know you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats okay. on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. And trust me on this. 
if Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you. <laughs> oh, Lord. All, all I am so sad I won't get to write my letter when I decide to elope one day. Right. Have Mike Leach endorse it. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he really went all in on the candy situation, didn't he? And the and innovation, just the, the, the analytical, like, anal like tear down of Pac-12 mascot battle. He's, oh yeah. God, I just, I don't, I'm, I don't buy, I don't I miss him already. And he's been gone for like a week. Yeah. Harry and, and, Potter activist. Harry Potter activist. <laughs> and then the, uh, the, the whole marriage thing, um, he, he went all in, in that one too. Uh, and he even had the opportunity. She was trying to, you know, uh, stop the interview or, you know, to, uh, cut it to a close. And uh, he kept going. He's like, well, Trevor, if he's on my side, unless he's unless he's crazy, he's on my side. Um, I think and that's just, the thing. Mike Leach was all in. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the topic was, he was all in. He was all in and, and very personable, too. Like he he could have, you know, said, OK, I, I'm busy. I got uh, got my own things to do. But he uh, he gave more time there. And I don't know. Did you guys have uh, have anything to say or, or any like a like a special like a, a favorite moment of mike leach and one of those might be it i don't know i mean there's so many different things you could bring into the equation to discuss mike leach he's definitely one of those very unique characters in college football that the sport is poor today not having him involved um yeah and you know it just it really stinks because the, we we followed him since he took the job at texas tech i think he got hired at texas tech in was it 02 or 01? He was at Texas Tech in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he'd gone there from Oklahoma and he had a lot of success in all these different spots. And I remember watching ESPN and they would interview him uh, after Tech games and he'd be like, this dude's nuts. So there's no chance this guy's an actual like serious coach. But I mean, he climbed <laughs> up, He you know, went Texas Tech job didn't end very well, but he ended up going to Pac-12 for a couple of years and then came to the SEC after we'd been clamoring for him to come over here for a while. There was a chance he could have been Tennessee's head coach for a second there as well. Um, but, you know, he's just one of those unique cats that we're never going to see another Mike Leach. We're just, yeah. No, it, he did. He was one for the nerds. I mean, he never played football. He just, he knew it. He was an analytical mind, a battlefield mind. Um, and I am very jealous of those that got to take his like, warfare class oh God, that had to have been the greatest oh, yes. class ever. i'm so <laughs> so jealous and i can only hope that they recorded some of those uh lectures and will one day put them online for us to watch because that would be very special yeah i i liked um i liked the the mascot thing i liked the um there's another one where he talks about student loans and that mm -hmm. one is hilarious um, where would he would he spend time in jail if his student loans could be forgiven and just that whole thing that that's like a that's like a nine minute interview but it just you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because you're wondering where the story's going next um, i read i read something um about how he had somebody call the office when he was at washington and they called and somebody overheard the conversation and they talked he talked to this guy for like 35 minutes and then yeah. when he hung up the phone, the coach is like, hey, coach, who is that? He's like, I don't know. They had the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's just a personable character who would just talk and talk and talk. And just like you said, Wes, you'd be on the edge of your seat hanging on every word because he's such a good storyteller. Right. And did, did you guys know that he was in the SEC before 
Uh, he was uh, with Kentucky. He was yeah, an assistant a, at Kentucky. Oh, right. And actually, Phillips, that's kind right? of, yeah, and that's kind of where um, where they developed the air raid, mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the concept for that, at least. Um, he coached so. Valdosta State for a while, too, because Joker Phillips was the offense coordinator at, at Valdosta State, or he might have been the head coach at Valdosta State before he took the Kentucky job. Yeah, and he brought Mike with him. I think, if I'm remembering it correctly, my old uh, athletic director at Mossy used to he play he played under Mike Leach for a bit. At oh wow, wow! Um, I bet he's got some stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, Matt, the the college football world needs more personalities like him. Uh, he will be sorely missed. We will always smile at the memories and fun moments he provided all of us. Um, although, <clears throat> so uh, it is you you know talking about what are they going to do now, which is you know. A uh, crazy thing to, you know, right away think about, but it's something that they have to do. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of the bowl game, uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated wrote, I don't think it was a question, but of course, Mississippi State will play in its bowl game. Uh, as one state official told me earlier this morning, Mike would be pissed if we didn't play. The bowl game is at a stadium with an actual pirate ship in it. <laughs> so, uh, of course, of course, they're going to play in well, that. And, you know, he would have been like, oh, can I see the, the pirate ship? The minute oh, he, he would have analyzed it and the, told the minute the he got there, he'd been like, listen, I got to I got to. I just got to go see it. Looking at the uh, the cannon that they fire during touchdowns and things like oh, you, you, you would have looked at it and been like, that is not um, periodic. Like <laughs> right. period. technically, they had this, this, and this. And if you really want to get technical, you would have this guy placed here, mm -hmm. and he would have this, and he he'd be one of those guys. He would have had his was my spirit animal. I do that crap all the time when I go places. He would have had his three cornered hat and sword and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, believe me, his memory will live on. Uh, I have no doubt that we will be sharing clips of his wit and wisdom uh, for years to come. So, um, yeah, so just uh, kind of moving on, but slightly related, um, Mississippi State defensive coordinator Zach Arnett has officially been promoted to head coach. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I know it's, you know, there's a lot going on there, a lot to kind of unpack there. To me, this is just kind of a uh, you know, you keep things familiar, especially for recruits, uh, stability, keep things consistent. To me, that's kind of what this move is. It kind of consists of what do y'all, what do y'all think? Is he their head coach like for next season? I think he's been, yeah, the they've, they've signed him coach. for, I think a multi, multi-year yeah, deal. See, that was, that was my thing too. I'm like, throw the interim tag on there. Sure. But <clears throat> you really want to commit to like, and I don't know what the contract looked like, but do you really want to commit right now um, to him when, I mean, there's still viable options out. I mean, heck, Ogeron's still out there. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple other names that are probably still bouncing around. You probably it's could get- NFL uh, season's over. There will exactly, be more options. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know why Mississippi State went ahead and pulled the trigger. On, and, I, and I know it's probably from a emotional kind of standpoint, but- AD's got to be real analytical there. Like he's got to look at it the long term and go, listen, okay, fine. Do we really want to put this guy head? I, I don't agree with the move, but I'm I just, I also wonder how, how critical it was for you. Cause you know, um, early signing day is tomorrow, tomorrow. right? I believe yeah. as we record. So I also wonder if there are certain questions about that recruits, um, you know, I, I don't know what all was involved there as well. Maybe there was a fear that uh, many of them would would head on in a different direction uh, if if, you know, somebody else was brought in. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he agreed to run the same offense. I don't know. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. But can he he's a D coordinator. That's not really his job. I know. Right. At that point, it would be 
you know, turning it over to the OC to just maybe continue things. I don't know. Um, all right. And then another thing that just kind of developed uh, today um, in just a matter of a day or two, you know, we've talked about uh, Kentucky and their offensive woes and people leaving and stuff like that uh, for the draft and whatnot. Uh, Mark Stoops resolves this issue, uh, at least on the surface, at both the quarterback and the running back positions by getting NC State's quarterback, Devin Leary, uh, who is the number one quarterback in the transfer portal, depending on, you know, which rankings you look at or whatever. Uh, and then Ray Davis, who ran the ball like an absolute beast last year for Vandy, uh, is uh, is uh, headed there as well. So uh, big moves by Mark Stoops, uh, plugging holes here. What do you what do you guys think about that? I mean, it's it's smart when I saw NC State play um, Carolina, um, the Tar Heels. I was impressed. I thought he did a really good job. It was a great game to watch. Um, and I I think we're only going to continue to see more of this. I, I mean, it's not going to be just unique to Kentucky. The transfer portal has been lit up, as we've talked about, and it's only con- going to continue to be. I think as signing day happens, more and more, you know, transfer portal guys are going to commit. It's just going to get wild. And it's honestly going to be hard to cover because there's going to be so many. I think I saw a stat the other day that said that like, it's like one out of every three college football players right now is in the portal. Like it's some insane, outrageous number that's out there. I think it, I think it was like third, third, there's 13,000 college football players. And there's like 1300 in the portal right now. It's just, there's something along those lines. No, it must have been higher than that. I don't remember this exact stat, but that's, that's a crazy, crazy number. And statistically, um, about what sixty percent of those may not find a home. At yeah. least if we're going on yeah. past couple of years. And let's remember, this is also the only first. Like this is the real first time you get a crack at this big open field portal stuff. Next year, it might not be as popular once people realize. Oh, if I put my name in the portal, I'm, there's a chance I end up at like, you know, North Abilene State instead of staying yeah. second string at North Dakota. You know, whatever. Um, yeah. In regard to both of those pickups by Kentucky, though, I'm curious as to how those are going to pan out. I was just looking at the stat line for Devin Leary. He went this season uh, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. QBR was right at 56, um, and that was against ACC competition. Uh, I don't know if that's the greatest thing on the planet. Um, but like Jesse said, we've seen him play a couple games. Uh, he has some moxie. He stays in the pocket, and he puts the ball in play like he's supposed to. So we'll see. Now, the Ray Davis pickup is huge. Um, mm-hmm. This is a guy at uh, Vanderbilt, um, you know, had 200 touches and averaged, uh, you know, got over a thousand yards for the entire season. Um, that's playing for Vandy. And that's playing for <laughs> Vanderbilt, who's not known for being a powerhouse when we're talking about running the football. So oh, I right. think I think this is a, a good pickup for um, for Mark Stoops. I think Kentucky's going to be able to do a lot of business with this running back. Uh, Leary, the jury's still out. We'll have to see how he looks in um, you know, in spring practice and how he looks going into next season. But again, nobody can complain that Mark Stoops isn't trying to do something and that he's just being complacent and taking the hits like he took this season. He's he making needs to find an offensive line. That would be beneficial as well. Yeah. Because that current <clears throat> one ain't up to snuff and it don't matter how good your quarterback is when nobody's getting yeah, and it seems like it it must be difficult to recruit the quarterback position there because uh, that's where Levis Levis also came from the portal as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just kind of like, all right, we're just going to kind of keep plugging guys in uh, as we as we it need. It worked for Auburn for years and years and years. Yeah. 
It's true. I mean, it, that's the beauty of the portal, though, is it's you can go pick up exactly what you need. I know Tennessee's picked a couple guys up in the portal. We picked up an offensive guard. We picked up a, a, a linebacker, which God knows we needed some a stud at linebacker. Um, you know, and it's still, and Bama's picked up a couple guys as well. He's got the number one Juco ride receiver. See? Mm-hmm. And so you've got some moves that are taking place. Um, but the, the flip side of that is the portal can also screw you up real bad. Looking at you, Texas A&M, because you just lost one of your big heads the other day. So, yeah, great. A&M, <clears throat> A&M recruited well, um, but keeping them has proved to be difficult. So I think they've uh, lost most of the portal this offseason so yeah. far, haven't they? They did, at least when I, I looked so. a few days ago. Yeah, they were, they were the lead. And uh, Florida and Ole Miss were not far behind. Mm-hmm. So, what's yeah. what do they say in the business world, Jesse? The optics of this are just awful. The optics are awful. <laughs> of course, in the case of Ole Miss, it's like live by the sword, die by the sword, because they uh, they have taken advantage of the portal a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyway. I don't think Lane is is crying over there. I think he's. I fine. don't think so. Lane's. Never mind. <laughs> I stopped myself. All right. Well. Uh, well. I'm... What's that? Lane is busy. Oh, yes. yes Doing that's what? True. You fill in whatever blank you want. I don't think any of us want to know. Yeah. Trolling people on Twitter. That's it. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the bowl games. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right. So just here real quick, current pick-up standings. I've got 46. Matt's got 41. Jesse has 22. Each one of these bowl games is worth two points, so you never know. Uh, could be uh, all chaos could be unleashed. You never know. Jesse's about to come rolling back in this thing. I I don't think there's any possibility where no, I can't. No, listen, you there's one. Never know. How many games are there? Three. I thought Matt. I thought you were working out the odds uh, uh, there. I, I was like, man, that's I don't impressive. Think that's I can. <laughs> Seven, eight. There's like nine games. If you win, if like if you got like seven of them. That means we, me and Wes split the other two. Yeah. I mean, what are you at? 20? Yeah, you're screwed. Sorry. Yeah, I and can't. Then, <laughs> well, and uh, okay, sorry. Playoff game is uh, worth four points, which we've got one of those. And then uh, the, the Natty is worth six. So because they get to, they get larger as we go. You, you, um, you're never out of it, Jesse. You're, you're, you're nipping at the just, heels. It just... Statistically, it's not like statistically low chances. However, I am somewhat an agent of chaos. I will just pick what I want. It's Never tell like me Lloyd, the odds. It's just like Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. That's it. That's chance. Um, do we want to talk about the uh, the Florida um, Oregon State game? I know we, none of us made any. We didn't make any picks for it. It's just mm. sort of sort of floating out there um obviously uh what was that was that 30 to 3 florida lost 30 to 3 30 to 3 yes their second uh six and seven season in a row down in gainesville i mean when you're when you're your decent quarterback sits out because he's going to the draft your backup quarterback goes to prison things are just allegedly on his way potentially um he's been dismissed it's very hard. Um, Florida needs to make a big transfer portal QB move. Big. Yeah. So I um I was tr- I was trying to find it here because they they listed the QB situation. Oh yeah, 
uh, Billy Napier's uh, first QB room, Emory Jones transferred, uh, Carlos Del Rio Wilson transferred, Jalen Kitna kicked off team, Anthony Richardson declared for the draft, Max Brown redshirted, didn't play 2022 snap, uh, Jack Miller broke thumb, didn't play 2022 snap, but Jack Miller uh, was uh, was back for for that. So, yeah, not not a great situation in the QB room uh, for that first look. <laughs> I, I know it's a it's a it's a bowl game where a lot of people are sitting out, and, and I get that. Um, you have to be somewhat discouraged though, as a Florida it's fan. It's been rough since the Kyles. Yeah, this I think the Florida struggled this year against Pac-12 too, because this is the second Pac-12 team they lost to. They lost Oregon, no Utah. At the beginning of the season, didn't they, they lose beat Utah? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I I am neglected. In it, but I mean, yeah, Utah it, beat Utah. Yeah, that's true. Um, by the way, I wanted to do want to point out if you are a Florida fan and you're listening to the podcast or watching us on YouTube, <laughs> there's a plug. Thank you, uh, by we, the way. We we did not. Yes, thank you, by the way. But but we did not skip your your game on purpose. This is just a scheduling right. thing. Yeah, we, just, just how things work. For the out. Bama fan, a Tennessee fan, a Georgia fan, it can look a little sussy, and I get that, but that's not. That's not what yeah, no. Honestly, yeah. you're probably glad we didn't. By the way, I do want to point out that the leading they had two leading rushers on Florida's team. That'd be Trevor Atn and Montrell Johnson, and both those guys got 14 yards total from scrimmage. Yeah, ooh, it's rough. Yeah, I did see. Yeah, those stats were not not pretty from that game. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's go ahead and move to predictions. Uh, the first one of which is the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That's uh, Wake Forest at seven and five versus Missouri at six and six from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Uh, that's Friday, December the 23rd at 630 on ESPN. So a couple of preview topics here. Uh, some keys here uh, are going to be uh, Mizzou containing that uh, slow mesh offense, which is, you know, just kind of a uh, an interesting version of the RPO uh, sort of. Uh, which has been effective for Wake Forest, uh, defending the jump ball against the Wake Forest big receivers. That's going to be key. Uh, getting Brady Cook going, uh, establishing the running game with Cody Schrader, and forcing turnovers. That's going to be uh, what Mizzou is going to want to do here. Uh, Jesse, what is your prediction for the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl? I mean, Mizzou barely made a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mizzou needs to finish with a win in order to have a winning season. Um, and they're going to be missing some big players on defense and offense has to be consistent, which we know their offense has not been consistent and their defense has been okay. Will it still be okay with these guys out? We'll have to see. Um, but the, the team is pretty decent at controlling the clock. Um, and I think the defense will still be okay. And for the most part, Wake Forest has, had some sus games so i'm gonna pick mizzou in this one but it's gonna be a really close one pick in 28 to 27 okay matt what's your what's your pick this is a wake forest team that has lost four out of their last five uh their last win was against syracuse back in the middle of of november um they've lost have they've got losses in the stretch to duke unc nc state and louisville this is a wake forest team that is stumbling going down the stretch of the season however Y'all know how I feel about Coach Drinky, and you know how I feel about Missouri, and you know how we've been talking about Missouri this season, and you know I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't. I know they got a big win against Carolina to wrap up the regular season, but I don't see it happening. I just don't. I think Wake Forest is going to find a way to get ahead, stay ahead. I think Wake Forest wins this thing twenty-eight twenty. Matt, I enjoy it when you 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 summon your courage, you circle the wagons. 
it's obvious that you've oh. been a part of Toughness Tuesday oh. and you make a, a courageous pick like this. It's just, today I, is Toughness Tuesday. I hate it it so is much. Toughness Tuesday. I hate yeah. it so much. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I think the OK defense has been probably our longest running callback of the season. So I, I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> we we've watched this OK Mizzou defense all year, and they've really been uh, to me a stabilizing factor for the team as a whole. I think. Um, I think that they contain that uh, Demon Deacons offense in Mizzou wins 31 to 24. So um, next is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Kansas at six and six versus Arkansas. Also six and six from Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. That is Wednesday, December the 28th at 530 on ESPN. So what are in those swag bags? That's what I, I want to know. I wanna know. You just get like a carburetor, a new set of brake pads, just <laughs> you waiting know, in your hotel room. Wipers. Everybody always needs new windshield wipers. wipers a few you blinkers. Like um, a little air freshener. Blinker fluid. Yes, blinker fluid. All the all the things. Um, no, I would love to see that as well. Um, so the last time Kansas qualified for the postseason was the Insight Bowl in 2008. And I think we all remember how that turned out. Uh, the keys, uh, number one, watch out for Kansas's uh, Jalen Daniels, who's been out with injury for some of the season, but through for 13 touchdowns and only two picks. So um, obviously he's done a good job of taking care of the ball. Um, uh, number two, running back Devin Neal is also dangerous for them. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, will uh, Arkansas will need a strong performance from both uh, KJ Jefferson and uh, Raheem Rocket Sanders. Uh, these teams have only played each other twice uh, in 1905 and 1906. Uh, Kansas won both. So I, I don't think that's relevant. Those were big years. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think we all remember those. Yeah. Years. I, I mean, I know. I've, I've you know, got the, the scorebook and everything. Yeah. Um, Jesse, your prediction for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I mean, it's going to be a crash. Um, there's nothing I can do there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Arkansas also is similar to Mizzou in the fact that, you know, they barely made a bowl game. They really need to salvage this season. It's been extraordinarily disappointing and something that at the beginning we really didn't expect. So they need to pick up their third straight win in the Liberty Bowl. Um, and I think right now there's a shaky sort of run defense. But, um, you know, Kansas did finish last in the Big 12 when it came to rushing yards allowed per game. So I'm hoping that Arkansas Rocket Sanders and KJ Jefferson will be able to get gritty, put up some, uh, some rushing yards here. So I'm going to pick the Razorbacks 34 to 31 because I still don't have a lot of confidence. <laughs> nice. Matt, your, your pick. Now in the last pick, I said that a team was, sl was uh, sliding going into the postseason. Kansas is definitely sliding, losing four out of their last five. Their only win was against uh, uh, somehow they pulled out a win against Oklahoma state. Um, they started uh, so strong too. That was, they did. They did. I think they got up to like eight or not eight or seven. They were or pretty eight. high. Yeah. There were stories here. They were, they were up there, but um, I don't think Kansas is going to find a way to pull this thing off. I think if Arkansas can play smart football, if they can, you know, play their game, if they can do what they're supposed to, I think they end up winning this ball game. However, I think it's going to be a little bit closer um, than what uh, Jesse said. Cause Jesse, didn't you say 34, 31? Oh no, yours was three points. Okay. Yeah. Mine's not quite that close, but it's fairly close. So I'm going to say Arkansas wins this thing 20 to 14. 
All right. Um, yeah, props to Kansas for making it back to a bowl season, but uh, I think Arkansas is going to rise to the occasion, uh, especially it comes to the line of scrimmage. Um, I guess I, I always go back to that for Arkansas because Sam Pittman, former O-line coach, and I feel like it's just kind of a matter of pride with them. Uh, he wants to dominate that line of scrimmage. I think they do that here, and I'm going with Arkansas 38 to 31. So um, next is the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Um, there's a swag bag for you. I was gonna say uh, another <clears throat> swag bag. Do you get an accountant or <laughs> maybe like a voucher for an accountant or yeah, I don't know. Just like a lot of H and R block swag? I don't know. There you go. Um, and uh that is Texas Tech at seven and five versus Ole Miss eight and four from NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, Wednesday, uh, December the twenty eighth at nine o'clock on ESPN. Uh, all these times are Eastern, by the way. Um kickoff, a really late kickoff, but right. Yeah. Um, so some things to watch here, uh, Texas tech quarterback, uh, Tyler Shaw missed time with a broken collarbone this season, but it started with the last three games, all Texas tech victories, uh, Texas tech's defense is giving up an average of over 400 yards a game, however. So, uh, that's a little sus, uh, Ole Miss leads the series here four and, uh, four and two winning the season opener in 2018. Uh, that Ole Miss defense will have to watch out for the pass happy Raiders though. So Jesse, your prediction for the uh, tax act, Texas bowl. I think luckily Ole Miss, uh, their star is a freshman this year. Quinshawn Judkins. We've talked about him a bunch. He's been outstanding in his first year there at Ole Miss and he's led the sec in rushing yards this season. Uh, but as we know, and as we've talked about, Ole Miss has struggled to finish games at times throughout the season and, you know, has kind of taken their foot off the gas, which is something that the Red Raiders could take advantage of. But I think their, you know, Texas Tech's veteran secondary is going to have to shut down the Ole Miss rushing attack early if they want to stay in this game. But I really don't think that they're going to do that. I think Ole Miss is going to get that offense firing on all cylinders. Um, and it might be a long night for Texas Tech. So I'm going to pick... The Rebels, 35 to 27. All right, Matt, your prediction. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, we're talking about, it's a common theme, these, these three games. You're talking about a team that's struggling, cutting down the stretch. Uh, Ole Miss has also lost four of their last five. They're only winning against a, uh, I don't want to use the word atrocious because that's not strong enough, but just a plain out terrible Texas A&M team. Um, you know, it, this is a team that's that's been kind of struggling. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they've had time to heal, had time to recuperate. Uh, uh, Lane's going to have plenty of time to look at defensive tape and scheme up stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Ole Miss in this one, 38-28. All right. Um, yeah, for uh, for this one, I expect a ton of points to be scored in this game. Uh, heck, it might even come down to the last team with the ball. Um, I'm going to say Ole Miss wins this one in an offensive slugfest, 45-38. to 38. <laughs> Um, all right, so next is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Number one, Notre Dame at eight and four versus number 19, South Carolina at eight and four from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida, Friday, December the 30th at 3.30 on ESPN. So um, some things to talk about here. Uh, Spencer Rattler will play in the bowl game. Uh, Notre Dame's tight end Michael Mayer, their leading receiver, has opted out. Uh, their leading quarterback, Drew Pine, is in the transfer portal but they've gotten their previous starter, uh, Tyler Buckner, back from injury. So uh, interesting storylines there. Uh, Notre Dame leads this series 3-1, and one, uh, but they haven't played since 1984. 
Uh, Notre Dame's defense is stingy on paper, uh, but uh, can Rattler have another one of those breakout performances? Jesse, what do you think? We will see. Uh, South Carolina has played well recently, obviously, with those uh, those wins down the stretch. But uh, their run defense has left a lot to be desired this season. So uh, not only have they surrendered the 21st most rushing yards in the nation at 197.2, they've also allowed an average of 254.3 yards on the ground over their last three games. Luckily, Notre Dame's run attack hasn't been that great. So I do think the Gamecocks pull this one out in a slugfest because I think these are pretty evenly matched teams depending on which Spencer Rattler you get. So I'm going to pick the Gamecocks 38 to 35. I like that. I like that pick. Matt, what do you got? Nope. No. 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 Listen. Spencer Rattler has played lights out the last couple of games. I will be the first to admit that he nuked Tennessee. I don't know where in the world that Spencer Rattler's been. Um, He looked okay against Clemson, but this is not going to go Carolina's way. I'm sorry. I hate picking against the conference, but I don't see Notre Dame, who's, who's you know, knocked out a couple people coming down the stretch, uh, except for that whole loss at USC. But USC is a pretty good football team this year. Um, They only lost to them by nine. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Notre Dame here. Um, and I'm going to say Notre Dame wins by two scores. So I'm going to say Notre Dame 42, 28. Okay. Beamer ball. Beamer <laughs> Matt's had, Matt's had enough of that. I've had enough of the Beamer ball. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear the term ever again. Uh, by the way, were we concerned about Spencer Rattler not playing in this bowl game? I um, wasn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know. Did, was there talk that he was going to do something? I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, it was noteworthy just because he's a noteworthy player, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, and gosh, he's old you, who knows? To yeah. <clears throat> who, who knows? Um, going in the draft. There's nobody that would no, he's not. Well, Absolutely not. But we've said that about a few others too. So <laughs> sure this is true. This is so accurate. anyway. Uh, yeah. After an inexplicable 30, 38 to six loss to Florida, South Carolina finished by blowing out Tennessee and narrowly, nar- narrowly, narrowly beating <laughs> Clemson who's just dominated them in recent memory and beating them in their own house at that. So um, I think uh, South Carolina continues the strong finish to their season and wins a close one in 27 to 24. Um, I thought Beamer would have nine wins this season. Right. Um, Next is the Capital One Orange Bowl, uh, number six, Tennessee, 10 and two versus number seven, Clemson at 11 and two from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida, Friday, December the 30th at eight o'clock on ESPN. Um, so a couple of things to talk about here, uh, Tennessee wide receiver, Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt and Matt, you know, probably, uh, you, you know, better about all these than I do. Uh, but, uh, at least them two have declared for the draft and won't play. Uh, DJ Uyunglele has entered the transfer portal after losing the starting you job. Practice that one. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how you did that on the first try. After losing the starting job to, uh, Cade Klubnik, um, They've also lost a few other players to the transfer portal as well. So these teams haven't met since 2004 when Clemson won the Peach Bowl. I was at uh, that game. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. Uh, Clemson offense has struggled, as we've seen this season. Uh, but to be fair, so has the Tennessee defense. So it's going to be some storylines to watch here uh, with that. Jesse, uh, what is your prediction for this one? So the last few weeks for Tennessee have been somewhat of a roller coaster of emotions. Um, Hendon Hooker, obviously suffering that season ending injury 
at South Carolina, uh, you have the the wideouts kind of that you mentioned, uh, both opting out for the bowl game ahead of the draft. And now they have to turn to a backup quarterback and Joe Milton and two of those big targets are gone. So like the Vols, like you mentioned, Clemson has also suffered a loss at the hands of the Gamecocks, but the Tigers bounced back after that to beat North Carolina in the ACC championship. So I think Clemson should be able to take advantage of a shorthanded Tennessee team. Uh, so unfortunately, I think uh, Clemson's going to take this one 28 to 21 because a lot of those those stars for Tennessee are are gone. Matt, how are you feeling about your balls? Okay, so a couple things first. Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt will be leaving for the draft. Uh, sidebar conversation here right quick because I need to take a take a minute to talk to Tennessee Twitter. Um, <laughs> Vol Twitter, they're making a business decision. Shut up, okay? There's been a lot of people that have been like, well, they need to play in the ball game. No, no, they don't. Let them go on. Let them get their payday. Let's call it a day. Um, Jesse said they're a little diminished with those two being gone. Cedric has been kind of a non- entity uh since he got injured earlier in the season which again is awful and sucks but it's a reality of the situation tennessee has leaned on a couple of other uh wide receivers squirrel white comes to mind um oh brew mccoy comes to mind and a couple others uh Ramel keaton comes to mind so there are a couple more guns in the bullet so to speak but Bolts none with a guns. better name than squirrel white you're absolutely right um so yeah the wide receiver of course taking a bit of a hit losing jalen hyatt um, nobody can replace him, but there's still plenty of talent there, I think. Um, also, to mention the fact that, yes, Joe Milton will be starting this game over Hendon Hooker. Hooker suffering an awful ACL tear uh, in the South Carolina game kind of puts us behind the eight ball. But I have faith in uh, deep throw Joe. Um, and so I think that Tennessee is going to find a way to win this ball game. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's probably going to come down to the very end of the game. Um, but the Vols have showed that if they are in the fight late, they have a chance to win it, as they did against a couple of teams this season. So I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb here. I'm going to say Tennessee wins this thing game 42-40. All right. Yeah. So uh, Vegas has Clemson by six. Um, I get I get that Hendon Hooker's injured and Tillman and Hyatt aren't playing. Uh, but like you said, Matt, I, I kind of view it as like um, you know an opportunity for guys to step up. Um, and I think uh, Joe Milton is is gonna gonna do well. I think you know, or at least uh, well enough. Um, so I, I don't think Clemson has the upper hand here. Maybe quite like a few others think. Um, I think this becomes a shootout that perhaps Clemson can't keep up with. So um, because of that, I'm going with Tennessee, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Um, That's the proper pick. Thank you, Wes. <laughs> I hear you. Um, <laughs> Uh, next is the All-State Sugar Bowl, number five, Alabama, 10 and two versus number nine, Kansas State, 10 and three from Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. No, Allianz, like Louisiana. So much, there's so much bad voodoo around this game. For Don't them. like that. I love it so much. That is uh, Saturday, December the 31st at noon on ESPN. By the way, uh, obviously Sunday being the first, it's kind of weird to not have uh, college football on New Year's Day. But I get it. We're, we don't want to compete with the NFL, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, that's just a sidebar. Anyway, um, so a few things to talk about here. Receivers, JoJo Earl, uh, Aaron, Aaron Anderson, and Treshawn Holden 
and guard Javion Cohen entered the transfer portal for Bama. Uh, however, uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. will play. And from what I'm seeing, it seems like Jameer Gibbs will play as well. Um, so uh, Kansas State uh, looks like they will also be uh, mostly intact uh, when it comes to, uh, to their starters uh, from what I've read and seen. Um, the real challenge is going to be, can Nick Saban get his team energized and ready to play after disappointment of not making the playoffs? And we've seen it time and time again with teams that are right there at the edge and then they don't get in the playoff. Okay, what do you do in the bowl game now? Uh, so interested to see how that goes. Uh, this will be the first meeting between these two teams. So that's kind of cool. So, um, Jesse, what is your uh, prediction uh, for your Crimson Tide? Um, yeah, I mean, Bryce Young is playing. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got. I mean, that's, that's all you really got to say. That's all you have to say. Bryce Young is playing. I do um, need a score from you, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still don't like the juju yeah. and will be saging the house prior to, <laughs> um, prior to this game. And if someone doesn't mind saging, uh, all of new Orleans that would be really helpful. Um, you might want to get down there now though. Um, yeah, I, I think it would have been a very different game had Bryce not played because yes, we do have all of those gentlemen in the transfer portal. However, again, I'm not worried. They weren't doing that much anyways. So I'm going to pick the tide 31 to 23. All right, Matt, what do you got? Listen, this game has never, never been good to Bama. Uh, I've seen nope. a couple other stops that Bama's had in New Orleans, and things have not gone well for them. Um, a lot of Big 12 SEC matchups in the postseason this year, too. I'm kind of finding that interesting. Um, and both of these teams have a team in common that they played. Uh, Bama played Texas. Kansas State obviously played Texas as well. Um, we all saw how the Bama-Texas game went. Uh, we all saw how te uh, Kansas state lost to Texas by a touchdown. Um, so kind of going off of the, the concept that, well, if they lost to Kansas, if Kansas state lost to Texas and Bama beat Texas, surely Bama should beat Kansas state. Transitive property and of football. It, and, and usually that's not going to work, but I think it will in this particular case. Let's also remember that, you know, Bryce is a ridiculous playmaker. Uh, one of the most talented people to ever play this game, uh, let alone be on the field for this one. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Bama. I don't think it's going to be uh, as close as some people are going to make it out to be. I don't think Kansas State is going to be um, be able to pull this off. So I'm going to say 45-28 Bama. All right. I yeah, think I think better, but I've I just I'm too traumatized. <laughs> I don't blame you. I Understandable. Yeah. Trigger warning. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of the main Bama players like Bryce Young, Will Anderson, playing uh, is huge for this team. That might be suffering, you know, a little disappointment. I don't know. Um, if they weren't playing, uh, I'd be worried. Uh, but as it stands, oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, what the heck Bryce has been, been putting the team on his shoulders all year long. So what's one more game, right? So, um, I see Kansas state hanging in this one and maybe even close to having a lead in the second half, but I think Bama does what they need to do and they win, uh, 31, 24. Uh, no, Jesse, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't make that one point difference just because I saw yours. I did have this written down previously. <laughs> I know it looks weird though. Again, um, I can't, I can't <laughs> win. It's okay. <laughs> you, you just never know. Um, 
All right. Uh, next is the Transperfect Music City Bowl, uh, Iowa at seven and five versus Kentucky at seven and five from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. What are you smiling so, at, Wes? I, I saw that. I can't. Saturday, December the thirty first at noon on ABC. Um, preview topics: This game will feature zero offense. <laughs> so, um, uh, Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez are going to be sitting out to prepare for the draft. Uh, offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello has been fired. Uh, Iowa starting QB Spencer uh, Petras is out due to injury, and backup Alex Padilla entered the transfer portal, which means third-string quarterback Joey Labas. I apologize. Uh, you know we're not familiar. I am not familiar with all these. Especially out- yes, outside of the conference names. Anyway, he has uh, zero career pass attempts, and he's the favorite to start. So there you have it there. The only option to <laughs> at at 31, this game is the lowest predicted point total in college football history mm-hmm. since they've been keeping track of that stat. I you know. Um these teams have met once last year where Kentucky won 20 to 17. Jesse, what is your prediction for this okay. one? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse had like 63 to 48 or something. <laughs> I just had it like in the twenties and then I was like, "Eh, now that I'm hearing that stuff out loud, like when you read it, you're like, "Eh," but then when you hear it out loud, Oh, (laughs) feels different. Um, I will agree that the absence or absences at quarterback running back offensive coordinator. Um, it's just, it's just a lot of, um, a lot of absences, uh, so I think we've obviously seen that Kentucky has had some struggles this season, um, and not only offensively, but I think they've also had some defensive struggles. So I, I just don't know, and I hate to do this, but I just don't know that Kentucky is going to be able to pull it out. I think we've seen when Levis is not behind the helm, even when he is behind the helm, things get a little wonky. So I unfortunately think I was going to pull this one out. And honestly, I'm going to just meet Murphy one more time. Okay. Uh, Iowa 13 to 10. All right. I don't like it. I don't want to do it, but. Yeah. Matt, uh, how are you feeling about this one? Listen, this is an Iowa team that is averaging, where's the stat? 17.4 points a game. And UK is not even that much better at 22.1 points a game. Um just both teams are going to be there. There's a reason why they put them in this bowl game in this slot on new year's. It's just, mm, it's just iffy, 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 iffy game. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kentucky's going to find a way to pull this thing off. Um, in fact, I'm going to change my score. I'm going to say 10 to three <laughs> instead of 14 to three. Yeah. I, I hope all the, all the good fans up there just really enjoy Nashville. Cause that's, yeah. That's going to be the highlight. They of the won't trip. enjoy the stadium. That field's going to be garbage. That yeah. field is garbage every year. Yeah. Music City Bowl sucks. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. I mean, if nothing else, they they can enjoy the the Nashville. They can uh, every- enjoy all the bachelorette parties down downtown. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, bachelorette party, the game, uh, capital of the world. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's this probably one- a good thing. Uh, Ole Miss isn't in this bowl game. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> see it. I said it. I let said that it. one. Yep. 
yeah, this one might be the most boring game, not just of the SEC teams this bowl game, but perhaps the entire bowl season. I don't know. Uh, with so many ridiculous variables uh, in this game, uh, my pick is honestly just a shot in the dark. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, Iowa 17 uh, to 14. Uh, a true Big Ten style score, at least the old school. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the way the SEC used to be. You remember, like in ninety one, ninety two, you'd have you'd have Bama, Auburn would be like ten to three, fourteen yep. to six, things like that. We're a long way away from those days. Literally right? nine to six. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes, yep. That um, was two thousand eleven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right, next is the CFP semifinal at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, number four, Ohio State, 11 and one versus number one, Georgia, 13 and 0 from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. That is Saturday, December the 31st at eight o'clock on ESPN. Um, a couple of things uh, to note here uh, for Georgia, wide receiver Lad McConkey and uh, offensive lineman Warren McClendon both left the SEC championship with injuries, and uh, we'll see if they return. Uh, A.D. Mitchell is finally healthy, however, and played in the SEC championship, so uh, dog fans definitely excited to see him back. Um, then on the, the other side of the ball, uh, Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith Najigbo will sit out, which isn't really a surprise when you think about it. He's been battling an injury for a while. I know a lot of people were like, why is he sitting out the playoff game? Well, I mean, he's been battling injury for a while, and this just sort of makes sense uh, for him. Uh, these teams have met only once, uh, the 1993 Citrus Bowl, which Georgia won 21-14. to 14. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what strategy uh, Ohio State employs here. Uh, bubble screens work for Kent State, and quick passes work for LSU. Uh, Georgia needs to get quick pressure on, on the second, or the secondary will be uh, tested majorly uh, by a host of really good Ohio State receivers. Jesse, what is your prediction for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl? I I just don't have a lot of confidence in Ohio State after the Michigan game. And I know that's just one game and I get it. And maybe I shouldn't hang my hat on that. But I really just don't feel like they um, will match up to – to this UGA team, um, to, you know, like a number one UGA team. So I also think at the same time that UGA has to be really careful here. They have started really slow in a lot of games and you can't do that against, you know, a playoff team. So they have to be very, very careful. Um, but I am going to pick the dogs in this one, 31 to 27, because I'm telling you it's going to be UGA and Michigan and Michigan wins it. All right, uh, Matt, uh, what do you got? Um, this is a tough one. I think uh, UGA's defense has proven this season that they're going to be dominant. The offense is shaky at times. Um, but I just have a hard time imagining that that we can lean on what Ohio State did against, did against Michigan as the end-all, be-all to call this game. Um, I'm really surprised that Marvison, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State's top player, has not declared for the draft. Apparently, he's going to stick it out and play in this one. So that kind of tells me that Ohio State's going to be gunning. Um, I would look to for Ohio State to stretch the field here. They're not going to have a whole lot of time to throw, I don't think. But, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a dangerous, dangerous asset. And we saw what happened to the UGA during the SEC Championship if the offensive uh, uh, you know, wide receivers start to get open. Okay, They can move. Um, 
that that Georgia secondary struggled a little bit. So it, it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State's able to, if they're going to be able to capitalize on that. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to be able to. Um, and I think UGA is probably going to win this thing by a couple of scores. Um, but if OSU could find a way to keep it close, I like I like OSU's chances, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to go ahead and pick UGA 28-10 here. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, the dogs had a chance to look at some of that tape and, and hopefully make a few adjustments on on the defensive side. Uh, one other thing to note about this game is Michigan beat out Georgia for the uh, Joe Moore Award, uh, which is the award given to the nation's best offensive line. So, uh, look, I'm not saying that Michigan doesn't deserve it. Uh, Michigan has a- actually averaged rushing about 40 more yards per game than Georgia has. Uh, but I also know that Georgia's offensive line will use this as motivation. At least I hope they will. Uh, and if Georgia controls the line in this game, uh, watch out. So um, on the defensive side, the key here is pressure on C.J. Stroud. And, you know, in, in the same sense, uh, how is he going to perform in a, a, another big game, which we have historically kind of seen him kind of struggle in? Um, we have two uh, clear-cut games here, uh, Tennessee and LSU, for, for Georgia's defense and, and the strategy here. Uh, in the Tennessee game, we pressure Hooker with tons of blitzes, and it was effective. Uh, in the LSU game, didn't blitz near as much, and we gave up over 500 yards of offense through the air. Uh, key in this one to me is pressure, uh, knocking Stroud around a bit, getting in his head, uh, easing the pressure on the secondary. Um, I think that Georgia will be able to score some point points, but we got to contain them on offense. So um, I'm going to go with Georgia here, uh, 35 to 28. So a uh, little nervous, but we'll see how that goes. Um, next is the Relia Quest Bowl, uh, number 22, Mississippi State at eight and four versus Illinois, eight and four from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Monday, January the 2nd, uh, 2023. <laughs> Sounds weird to say even already uh, at noon on ESPN two. Um, yeah. So like we said, Mississippi state defensive coordinator, uh, Zach Arnett has officially been promoted to head coach. Um, a couple other things uh, for uh, players, standout quarterback, Emmanuel Forbes declared for the NFL draft leading receiver, Ra Ra Thomas with 44 catches and running back Dylan Johnson, who had 488 rushing yards. Both of them have entered the transfer portal. Uh, for Illinois, defensive coordinator Ryan Walters accepted an offer to become the head coach at Purdue. So a uh, little bit of a change there for them. Uh, these two teams have met twice. Illinois won in 1923 and Mississippi State won in 1980. Uh, another thing, cowbells will be allowed uh, at this stadium. Both secondaries have gotten a lot of turnovers. Uh, there are contrasting approaches. Uh, Illinois is good at running and Mississippi State is good at passing uh, at least that is what they hope to do. So, uh, Jesse, what is your what are your thoughts on the ReliaQuest Bowl? Um, this one I am going to pick with my heart mm-hmm. and not with my head. Um, it's simple. I think the Bulldogs have the motivation to win. Um, they have had a very emotionally tough season. Not only did you know they just lose coach Leach, uh, in a very unexpected way, but they also lost a teammate earlier this season Mm -hmm. in a very unexpected and sad way. So I just think emotionally these guys, they just have to win. That's, that's really all it is. Um, and I really hope that they get it done for the pirate, but also for, um, their teammates. So I realized I did not put a score, but I'm going to pick Mississippi state, despite all of the things that are probably not in their favor. And, 
this is a decent Illinois team and no mm-hmm. one has been able to say that for a very long time right. uh, about the Illini. So I'm going to pick the Bulldogs in this one. Uh, we're going to say, mm, let's say 21-20. All right. Matt, your, your pick for this one. I got to go with Illinois. Um, the only reason, why, and I hate to do that because I want Mississippi State to win this game for a coach. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to kind of put that to the side and look at this thing analytically. Um, Illinois has fielded one of the better defenses in the country this season. Uh, according to the stat sheet, they've averaged 12 points per game. Um, this is a team that held Michigan to under 20 points uh, in their loss in November. Um, so I don't think that um, – that Mississippi State's going to be able to move the ball very effectively against that defense. I think this is a case of Illinois being too much uh, up front and too much uh, as far as their secondary goes, because they're also also only giving up um, 165 yards uh, in the air. So, I mean, this is a pretty pretty solid defense that the Illini have put together. So I'm going to pick Illinois here, 28-20. Yeah, so um... – so I think, and when I say this, I don't necessarily mean in my own head, although it, it, it I, sh- I certainly feel this way, but I think it's also in the, in the heads of all the players and what they're thinking as well. Um, I think you, you throw out Vegas, you throw out the fact that some big players are in the transfer portal. I think this one is for the pirate coach, Mike Leach, and I'm going with Mississippi state 28 to 21. Um. There will Next be a thirty for thirty on it if they like, win. Like no I doubt. said, I I like the pick. I just I don't see it happening. Sure. Yeah. No. Makes makes sense. Um. Next is the Cheese It Citrus Bowl. Uh. The oh. number <laughs> number wow. seventeen LSU nine and four versus oh. Purdue eight and five from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. That's also Monday. not a great stadium. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. Monday. That that little, <laughs> I went down there for the Citrus Bowl and. Yeah. I want to say it was like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, this stadium's kind of crap. I used to work the um, the Florida Classic, the HBCU Classic in Florida every season. Terrible stadium. Yeah. Well, uh, for those who will be there, that'll be on Monday, January the 2nd, 2023 at 1 o'clock on, AS- uh, on ABC. Um, so it sounds like Jaden Daniels is going to be good to go. Uh, although, as we saw in the SEC championship, it appears as if uh, if Nussmeyer does get the starter, if he needs to go, uh, LSU should be just fine. Uh, <clears throat> BJ <clears throat> Ojulari will sit out to uh, prepare for the draft. Uh, and then for Purdue, uh, head coach Jeff Brom, obviously he's left to be the coach at Louisville. Defensive coordinator Ron English followed him to Louisville and won't coach in this game. Uh, offensive coordinator Brian Brom, Jeff's younger brother, will work as the team's head coach. So there you go. Keeping it in the family. Here you go, little bro. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a Purdue team that's obviously done quite well this season. Uh, but LSU has had a a surprisingly uh, good first season under coach Brian Kelly. And since Jaden Daniel seems to be in ship shape, uh, I think that the Tigers are really frustrated about that performance against Georgia and are going to be really gunning to to get a bowl win for Coach Kelly in his first year. So I'm going to pick the Tigers 28 to 24, but it's going to be, I think, a slugfest because Purdue's not anybody to uh, to laugh at. Yeah. Uh, Matt, your your prediction. Yeah, I, I think there's too many 
variables in play here for uh, Purdue to find a way to win this ball game. I think LSU is going to play pretty tough, um, and LSU is going to win 30-20. Okay. Uh, yeah, LSU is predicted, uh, at least the last I looked, to win by two scores. Um, if the offensive uh, if the offense plays like they did against Georgia, uh, they may pass for a ton of yards, which I could also see happening. Um, yeah, I think uh, LSU continues their list of unexpected good things this season by getting to 10 wins. Uh, I'm going to, with LSU 41 to 28. Um, so um, what what game are you guys, uh, what bowl game are you most excited to watch? Could be your own team's game. It could be random team. I don't know. What do you think? And obviously I'm really excited to watch the Sugar Bowl because it's the last time I will see Bryce Young in an Alabama uniform. Yeah. Uh, but then emotionally, I'm ex- I just I want to watch Mississippi State. And then I'm so curious about watching Kentucky and Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jesse stole all the ones I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> except for the Sugar Bowl. I could give two rats rounds about the Sugar Bowl, but yeah, I, I I definitely want to watch the Orange Bowl. Um, I want the balls to come out and throttle Clemson. I know they won't do that, but one can hope. Um, I am curious to see how Arkansas does against Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to find a way to salvage the season and get a bold victory out of everything. Um, and then I am kind of curious to see how Ohio State handles Georgia. See how that that matchup is going to look like. So that's, that's, that's probably the game I'll be watching closest, even though I can't stand either team. Yeah. I, um, other than, you know, uh, Georgia, Ohio state, I think I'm really interested to see how South Carolina does against Notre Dame. Oh, that would be, Oh yeah. That would be really cool if they could represent against, you know, at least in name, you know, a, a powerhouse like it, Notre it Dame. It wouldn't be that cool. Wes. It wouldn't be that cool. Yeah. It wouldn't be that cool. It wouldn't be that cool. <laughs> you're not that guy nobody nobody wants that (laughs) nobody wants that um yeah and then obviously uh pulling from mississippi state that would be i would love that if they were able to pull that off so um all right well that does it for the bowl games um let's uh move to a festive just for fun segment uh what does each team need for christmas and we're not going to go through each one but uh, each one of us is going to, you know, pick the teams that that we think uh, we know what they need for Christmas. So, uh, Jesse, let's start with you. What, what do you got? Um, I think right now UF is hoping that under their tree this year will be a transfer portal quarterback wrapped up with a bow um, who has no, you know, uh, illicit illegal materials on their phone or computer. Um, Always helpful. Who- who is, you know, able to be consistent when he runs the ball or throws the ball. So I think that's probably number one on UF's list. Or at least um, to go to the NFL when they don't need to go to the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also think a team that we haven't talked about today, and I don't want to leave them out, is uh, I think Auburn is just really hoping uh, that they have a good compliance officer, uh, hmm. Under the tree in the AD's office, and a really great crisis uh, public relations manager's business card just wrapped up under the tree. Those are some good ones. Can't deny that. Hmm. <laughs> Matt, who do you got? Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be looking under their tree for some defense this year, uh, trying to find some uh, decent secondary people, uh, some decent mid mid-level defenders um 
I think UGA is probably going to go looking for another national championship under their tree, but they're going to be really disappointed when all they get is a trophy for winning the Peach Bowl. Because unfortunately, I think that national title is probably under Michigan's tree this year. Um, I think. Uh, Florida, uh, I think, is going to be looking for some new coordinators here soon. So maybe they want some new folks. Um, I don't think they can fire Napier yet. I'm telling you guys, some for Nap- them. Na- Napier is 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 Butch Jones version 2.0. I've said it before. Yeah. So is so is Beamer Paul. You wait for it. Beamer's gonna have some regression. It's coming next season. I'm gonna go ahead and write it down right I'm just now. Just waiting for the cliches from Napier. That's 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 the key item for uh, a Butch Jones. Um, well, Drinky's already whatever. hit that. Yeah. The, yeah. Did you um, see? Did you see Butch throw his team under the bus? Uh, no. The other day in a presser, no, I missed yeah, that. He, he said, uh, quote, uh, no, I can't quote it, but he said something about how the team needs a better culture. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, it's, it's, it's Butch. You know how Butch is. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, <clears throat> Kentucky kind of ruined my joke. I was going to say they need some players on the offensive side of the ball, but <laughs> poof, they've got them before Christmas. <laughs> um, so uh, Stoops uh, shored up that shortcoming. So um, Texas A&M needs a coach. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, <laughs> um, another couple of years. No, I'm the saying game. they and, have it. They have a need. They don't. You know, it's mm. it's not materialized yet. But uh, if we want to be honest, um, and I'm gonna say something that I, Matt, you you may really have an issue with, but I think I think Coach Drinky at A and M would do a better job than Jimbo has. Damn. Because I mean, look at look at, look at who Pops he's been fired. Look at who he's had to work with, and nothing has happened. Where on the flip side, look what Mizzou did this this year with less talent, much less talent. I mean, if we want to get down to it, I mean, it's it's a gross yes. mismanagement of talent, is it not? I mean, am I wrong? I, You're not wrong. I. I, <laughs> I I'm speechless. Jimbo is the name, but if if you just put everything else aside, took a, the the previous history that you know about both coaches and just watched what they've done this year with the talent that they've had, I mean, come on. Well, we <laughs> thought that the A and M got take, taken for a ride when they hired Jimbo to begin with. Yeah, because all only thing he had in his hat was winning a national championship with Jameis Winston. Yeah, so, yeah, and even th- that was. And that, that situation one, was still, going downhill before. Yeah. I will still say, and I will argue till kingdom come with this one, because that was the year of kick six. Okay. I still say <laughs> that if Alabama goes to that championship over Auburn, FSU does not win that net. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting point as well. Um, And then uh, I just had a couple more. Th- this one goes specifically to Vandy fans. Okay. Vandy fans need some expectations because I think things are going to continue to get better. So hey, let's let's get those expectations going. Wes, what I have, know have you been drinking? We no, agreed not no. to drink before coming <clears throat> on the podcast. You're saying drinking should be at Texas AM, he'd do a better job. And now you're saying Vanderbilt fans should have expectations. What is I, this? I'm just saying, I'm I'm just saying. Uh look, I'm not saying Vandy's gonna, you know, gonna change the world uh, or anything, or they're gonna, you know, contend for the East next year. But I, you know, I mean, I think. Vandy fans should have some expectations. I think it's just become accepted for them to not have expectations. I mean, losing is just as much of a culture as winning, right? So I think it's time to kind of rethink things over there. I don't know. You never know. I, I, I humbly disagree, but you do you, bud. 
Um, and then, um, uh, you know, we've already mentioned it, but Auburn, uh, they got the coach that was on their wish list, but uh, now that all they need is some scruples. I'm just, you know, just saying there as well. Um, Man, West, West came out here with a Gatling gun tonight, guys. <laughs> hey, it is called just for fun, right? I mean, this is just all just for fun stuff. So, um, Auburn, Auburn fans are about to be all up in your DM. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that does it for just for fun um, and our uh, our our uh, episode for bowl previews. Um, if you would like to contact us, please do so. You can email us at uh, pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. We are at pigskinsandpageantry uh, on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at PPSCC Podcast on Twitter. Uh, don't forget we're available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. We are on Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment, subscribe, and review five stars. We would love that. It helps visibility, and we can continue to uh, to reach a larger larger audience, and we appreciate that. So uh, nice. Uh, so this is uh, this is Wes. Lots of football to be watched. Uh, you know, lots of exciting games to come. Uh, until next time, uh, we'll holler at you guys in the new year. Go dogs! You know. Thoughts and prayers are still with the Leach family during this time and to all of uh, the Mississippi State uh, loyal. So as always, it's Roll Tide, but um, I think this season it's also going to be Roll State Roll. I don't think they roll, but we'll we'll, we'll go with it, Jesse. Yeah, guys, it's bowl season, which means there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to watch. Um, Got to hope Tennessee finds a way to win that Orange Bowl, so go balls. <laughs>